Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod, and we are in the second week of January. This uh, should air January 11th. And uh, last week, we had May Siegler, the CEO of Organifi, talking about how to make behavior change easy and enjoyable, which, you know, I thought that was a great way to start the new year since all of our New Year's resolutions and our goals, they all involve, you know, involve, involve behavior change. By the way, it's like 6.30 p.m. right now. I don't usually work this late, but I need to record the commercial for the podcast. So here we go. I'm a little tired, though. Anyway, with that said, what are we going to talk about? Oh, today I'm going to give you coaching on your 2023. And what do I mean by that? Well, you may or may not know, but in my former career, I was a life and business coach. I owned my own business. I became a coach in 2006, and I coached all the way through 2016 until I got cancer. And then uh, after my chemo journey, I decided not to return to coaching. But I did one-on-one coaching and group coaching for hundreds, probably over a 1,000 people uh, over the course of that decade. And coaching on how to set goals, achieve goals, hold yourself accountable, follow through, strategies for business, and et cetera, et cetera. And so today, I figured that I would give you ongoing coaching for 2023, and I'll do this throughout the year because it's like anything. You can't learn something once and expect that you're going to nail it, right? It's like when you hire a coach, for example, it's not like you have one call with them and they're like, all right, I'll talk to you in a year. Right. Like, we'll see how this went. No, they taught you talk to them every week and they're giving you, you know, ongoing support and encouragement and maybe most importantly, shifts in perspective, different ways of looking at things, different strategies to apply to achieving your goals, all of the above. And so that's what we're doing today. I'm going to share with you my I'm going to review the first part of the podcast for just the first few minutes. I'm going to review the four unique steps to making 2023 your best year ever that we covered uh, like four weeks ago. And uh, so I'm going to review that and just make sure you have a high level overview. I'm going to give you, I'm going to add something to that that I did not cover in that episode that I wished I would have. And then I'm going to share with you kind of the, the paradigms that I've adopted for this year to make it my best year, the strategies, the scheduling, the logistical approaches, how I'm using my miracle morning and how you can up level your miracle morning to make this your best year ever. So the best of the best of uh, what I'm thinking right now going into uh, the second week of January. Uh, Before we dive into the episode, I want to take a couple of minutes to thank our two awesome sponsors that provide some of the highest quality whole food organic supplements to improve your health, your immune system, your focus and mental clarity, you name it. The first is our long-term sponsor, Organifi. And Organifi, I've been taking their products long before they were a sponsor. Just to be clear, that's why they became a sponsor because I thought, what products do I use every day that I would feel good endorsing on the podcast? And Organifi was uh, the first brand that came to mind. And I want to share their mission with you because I don't know about you, but I'm skeptical skeptical of everyone and everything. Like I start out as skeptical with, you know, not judgy, but just going, all right, I want to make sure that I vet this person. Uh, But I'm always skeptical, like what are their intentions, especially if it's a company and a supplement company, right? I'm like, they're just out to make a profit, you know? So I'm looking at the ingredients. I'm right. I'm trying to understand the company's history, et cetera. And Organifi, I've known their CEO for many years. That's how I became a customer, friends with Drew Canoli. And um, and then I've been to their headquarters. I've met their leadership team. They're phenomenal. I want to read you their mission. Our mission, unite the world through health and happiness by providing access to high quality nutrition, education, and community. Organifi is more than a superfood company. It's a lifestyle. With roots in transformation coaching, we discovered the power of mindset and community in creating sustainable change. If you want to improve, again, your health, your immune system, your energy level, et cetera, head over to Organifi.com forward slash Hal. That is spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash Hal. And then use the discount code Hal, my name, at checkout for 20% off your entire order as a listener of this podcast. And last but not least, one more time, that's Organifi.com forward slash Hal. 
and use the discount code HAL at checkout. And they've got products. I love their protein powder. It's all organic. It's all vegan. It's fantastic. The other sponsor that I'm a big fan of, a newer sponsor, Cured Nutrition. I take three of their products every day. I take their Rise, R-I-S-E, in the morning for focus and clarity. I take their Aura in the uh, after my smoothie in the morning, so like three hours later, four hours later, which helps with gut health and immunity. And then maybe my favorite, it's probably a tie between Rise and Night Caps. I take every night before bed, especially when I travel. It's harder to fall asleep in a hotel. It contains 30 milligrams of CBD oil and five milligrams of CBN oil to help you fall asleep and stay asleep and wake up well rested. So if any of those benefits or products sound interesting to you, head over to curednutrition.com forward slash Hal. That is spelled C-U-R-E-D, Cured Nutrition. Dot com forward slash Hal and use the same discount code HAL at checkout for 20% off your entire order. And they make a bunch more products, but those are the three that I love and use every single day. All right. Without further ado, I'm going to share with you my best coaching on how to make 2023 your best year ever. And uh, we're going to keep this coaching going all year long so that I can support you as best as I can. All right. Enjoy. Hey, Goal Achievers, welcome to today's episode of the podcast. And I just want to support you on making this your best year ever. It's one thing to do a single episode on how to make the you know new year your best year ever. But if we don't follow up on that with ongoing episodes and ongoing support and different ways of looking at the year and approaching the year and reminders of things we've covered, then it doesn't really do you a good service, right? It's, it's like going to an event where you learn all these great things, but you don't have any follow-up. It's all about the follow-up so that you can have the follow-through so that you can see the results that you want in your life. And the last three episodes that we did were interviews with extraordinary women. Uh, Episode 461 was How Your Thoughts Determine Your Success with Mary Morrissey. Episode 462 was your permission slip to write a book in 2023 with Linda Sievertson. And then last week was episode 463. We talked with May Steigler, CEO of Organifi, on how to make change enjoyable. And this week, we're going to talk about how to stay consistent in 2023. How do you stay consistent? How do you, what should you focus on? It's really easy to get overwhelmed and overwhelm is the enemy of consistency, right? When you feel overwhelmed, you end up getting distracted and you end up feeling overwhelmed, right? And then and then you don't know what to focus on. And then you often end up with paralysis by analysis and all of these things. And so I want to try to be a voice of kind of, of calm and clarity for you and try to help just keep you on track for 2023. And so a lot of what I'll share, of course, is, uh, you know, I'm always working on self-optimization. I'm always trying to figure out how can I, you know, fulfill my potential? How can I achieve the best results? How can I be the happiest that I could possibly be, the healthiest that I could possibly be? How can I nurture my relationships, so on and so forth? And so I'm just going to share with you some of the things that I'm doing in 2023 to be consistent and make this the best year of my life. And the first thing that I'm doing is what we talked about a few weeks ago, I guess four weeks ago in episode 460. That episode was called Four Unique Steps to Make 2023 Your Best Year Ever. That was the last solo episode that I did before the three interviews with those extraordinary women. And uh, in that episode, the essence of that was about making your best year ever is determined by you living in alignment with your values that that was the key, that if you can, number step one, identify your values, right? What do you value? What matters most to you? Is it health? Is it relationships? Is it financial security or financial freedom? Is it fun? Is it peace of mind? What are the things that you value? Starting there as your foundation. And that seems like common sense, but how many of us actually do that where we actually take the time to identify in writing our values, what matters most to us? Step two was, okay, once you've identified your values, set value-aligned goals, which is like, okay, I value health. So this year, my goal is to exercise five days a week. My goal is to stop smoking. My goal is to get seven hours of sleep instead of the five and a half that I've been getting, right? So once you've identified your values, you go through that list of values. Productivity can be a value. Again, you know, it's anything that you deem to be important. And then once you've done that 
identification step. Now it's about, okay, what are the goals I'm going to set that are in alignment with my values? Step three was creating your value aligned schedule. Your value aligned schedule was simply, okay, now I know what my values are. I know what my goals, my value aligned goals are. Now I need to look at my schedule and make sure that each day I'm dedicating time to my value aligned goals, right? That I've got exercise in the daily schedule, that I've got that smoothie in the daily schedule, right? The, the health aspect that I've got time with my spouse or, or trying to find my spouse, right? If you're single, uh, time with my kids, all of these things, time working on a budget, all of the values that you've figured out that you've identified and you've aligned the goals with. Now it's about where the rubber meets the road, as my coach used to say, putting it into your schedule. And my favorite part about this, I feel like one of the most important and under talked about strategies for success and consistency is having a value aligned schedule. Now, I use a digital schedule because it makes it real easy to create a, an appointment for yourself like exercise and then just hit repeat, you know, Monday through Friday or seven days a week. And same thing for me, I try to live my life in rhythms and routines and rituals so that it keeps it as simple as possible, right? I don't have to every day go, what should I do right now with my time? I just, A, look at my value aligned schedule, but B, it's often consistent every day. Like I exercise every day at the same time, right? From Either Well, either 7.30 to 8 or typically 8 to 8.30. So there's a little flexibility depending on how long it takes to help my kids get ready for school. So there's a little flexibility built into my schedule. But in general, I start at 7 a.m. helping the kids with the schedule, right? And then go into my uh, my exercise. And then after that, I make my smoothie from seven from 8.30 to 9. And I kind of relax. Workday starts at 9, you know, 9 to 12. Then I have a lunch break, so on and so forth. So it's a rhythm where it's not like I'm having to decide what I'm going to do every day, which of course reduces decision fatigue. So a value aligned schedule, the beauty of it is once you've written it out or typed it out, now all you got to do is live in alignment with it. Now all you got to do is look at it and go, okay, I'm going to do this. And if you follow through with that schedule, your success is all but guaranteed, right? You're going to be A, living in alignment with your values, B, achieving goals that are really meaningful to you, and C, reducing that decision fatigue so that each day you feel good. And, and that was kind of the essence of the strategy is that at the end of the day, every day, if you can look back and go, I did it again. I lived mostly, not perfect, but I lived mostly in alignment with my values. And when your head hits the pillow, that's my goal for you this year, is that if you live those steps, and by the way, I'm reminding you of this, this isn't the topic for today, but it's part of the topic, right? Again, like I said, if all I do is share this with you once, you're likely to forget, right? Now, now maybe you've implemented it and you've got it all set, your schedule, your aligned goals. I mean, right, so, so it's not that, you can't learn this once, implement it and be set. But as your your podcaster, your coach, your friend, I think that it's really important for all of us to be reminded of the things that we might already know, but it's good to hear them again. It's good to hear them again. And that fourth step was about reflection. It was at the end of each day, looking back and asking yourself, which of my values did I live in alignment with? And then not beating yourself up if there were any that you skipped over, right? Or any that you, you fell short. But Never letting one bad day turn into two. That's one of my mottos, right? Like, okay, look at the day. Man, I screwed up today. I was I wasn't productive. I I skipped my workout. I I was, you know, I got distracted. I that one project took longer than I thought. And then I missed the next thing I wanted to do, right? That's life. But it's about going, okay, I'll allow myself grace, but I'm not gonna repeat the mistakes I made today. I'm gonna I'm gonna nip it in the bud and not let one bad day or one subpar day turn into two. I'm going to do better tomorrow, right? And that's that reflection piece that keeps you from having, you know, creating a negative momentum where you, you know, you have a day where you feel unmotivated, unproductive, and then the next day, you know, turns into two, turns into three, and all of a sudden, now you're off track and weeks go by, months go by, right? This is a daily reflection. That's that step number four is just a daily reflection. And the goal of it, again, is that when the head hits the pillow and you do a little reflection, that you go, ah, I feel really complete because I am living in alignment with my values, aka what matters most to me. All right, so that's the recap of the four steps to make 2023 your best year ever. Now, where do we want to go beyond that? Well, I really uh, want to emphasize the miracle morning. You know, it is to this day, it is the most 
effective practice that I've ever discovered or created in order to start every day in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state with extraordinary clarity and energy and drive to propel you every single day to start the day that way and then and then make it your best day ever. If you don't start the day with a miracle morning, and of course, you know, miracle morning is just one approach. It could be any morning ritual. Miracle morning is what I call mine, you know, right? And many of you listening that you've read the book and you're, you know, a miracle morning practitioner. So this applies to you as well. But utilizing the miracle morning and just remembering why you're doing it is really important because often we get into these routines and we kind of, you know, lose sight of why, why am I doing this again? Now it's like a chore and it's important to always optimize your perspective. In fact, one of my favorite, and you've heard me say this before, one of my favorite philosophies, favorite quotes, if you will, from Wayne Dyer is when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. You know, you think about it, imagine if you're feeling stressed out or frustrated or angry or hopeless or overwhelmed. And I've been right. I've been there where you're, I'm feeling any or all of those things. And then you talk to a friend and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm struggling. Or you talk to your coach, if you have a coach, right? And I'm really, you know, this and that I'm overwhelmed. And you go into, you know, I've gone into a coaching call back in the day. I, I don't have a, a one-on-one coach right now, but when I had a coach for many years, I'd go into a coaching call being like, oh my gosh, I, my life is so stressful. It's a mess. I'm overwhelmed. I, and by the end of that call, I leave the call going, I got this. Like I now have clarity. My coach helped to reframe the way I was looking at things. And now the things I was looking at, my life, my business, my goals, my mistakes, now I see them in a different light where I'm at peace with what I can't change. And now I have a new outlook on and just clarity that I'm going to focus all on my of my energy on what I can control. And instead of feeling overwhelmed, I'm going to remind myself that I can only do one thing at a time. I might tell myself this story and listen, I'm sure you tell yourself this story a lot. I know I do that. Oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I have, I have so, oh my God, I'm so overcommitted. I have so much to do and not enough time to do it. And while there definitely can be truth to that, right? If you've overcommitted and you have too many things that people are relying on you for, it definitely may be a transition to, to take some of those things off your plate. But it starts with your mindset. And for me, that was really, that's been a helpful ongoing mantra to go, I don't have so many things to do. I can only do one thing at a time. And what's the one thing I'm going to do right now? Because that's the only thing I have to do, right? Like that's reality. It's, it, it's a delusion. It's a narrative that we tell ourselves that I have too much to do and not enough time to do it. Well, okay. While there may be truth to that on the macro level, right? Big picture. In the micro, in this moment, you can only do one thing at a time. So that for me, when I feel overwhelmed, I remind myself, oh, I can only do one thing at a time. What am I going to do right now? What's the most important thing I can do right now? And when I get that clarity, when I focus on that one thing and I make a little progress on it, it creates or I complete it, it creates momentum, which then leads me to the next thing. I feel empowered. I feel inspired. I feel accomplished. And I simply it all started back to changing my perspective, changing the way that you look at things because the things that you look at can then change. And it also goes with the relationships. Right In life, I always say we have two pages to focus on, one page that lists all the negative, one page that lists all the positive. One page that lists all of our problems and our fears and our insecurities and our faults and our drama. And the other page that lists all the things we have to be grateful for, all of the opportunities, the fact that every day is a chance to start again. Every moment is a chance to turn it all around. Two pages. And which page you spend most of your time focusing on determines how you feel about your life. If you focus on the mistakes, if you focus on the negative, you focus on the faults, the insecurities, the fears, you're going to have a really stressful life. Now, all of those things on that page may still exist, and they probably do, but when you shift your focus to the opportunities, to the strengths that you have, to the resources that you have, to all that you have to be grateful for, to this clean slate that is each moment, right? Shifting your perspective 
and looking at that positive page, if you will, for lack of a, you know, it's a generic term, negative and positive. There's a lot more nuance to it, of course. I sometimes I call it the painful page and the positive page or the painful page and the proactive page, right? But the general is there's the negative page that makes you feel bad and then the positive page that empowers you or makes you feel good. And so managing your perspective is arguably the most important thing that you can do. And Tony Robbins would talk about state management. Man, you're managing your state, your mental and emotional state. And that starts with managing your perspective. And so wrapping that back into the Miracle Morning, that's what you have the opportunity each day with the Miracle Morning to do, to in writing through your affirmations and your goals and these things, optimize your perspective so that you can optimize your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual state so that you can be at your best every day to achieve what it is that you want in your life. And something I forgot to mention on that episode 460, the four unique steps to make 2023 your best year. One of the things I forgot to mention on that, which I did mention on our December 28th Miracle Morning Community Gathering, also known as the Elevating Consciousness Experience that we've been doing each month for the last five months of the year and I'm planning on continuing this year. So keep an eye out for an email that will have details to register. I talked on that that last gathering about making 2023 your best year ever. And one of the things, again, I forgot to mention on the podcast episode I did a, four weeks ago was how you measure your best year ever, how you measure it. And here's, here's what I mean. And this is, again, a paradigm, a perspective that I've found to be very empowering because very often we measure the quality of our year based on things that are out of our control. Number one, if the year's already happened, then you look back and, you know, if you're going, oh, this year, you know, I, this happened, I lost this person, this loved one, I, you know, I, I lost someone that I love and, and, uh, and I had, you know, these financial challenges and I got really sick for, you know, three weeks and I was down and then I fell behind. Like, you know, if you're looking back in the past, well, the past is always out of your control, but I'm talking about looking forward. And so how are you going to measure your best year ever? How are you going to measure whether or not this 2023 is the best year of your life? And here's what I would encourage you. Here, here's the criteria that I would encourage you to go into this year to measure your success. It's how you show up every day. You could add to that how you respond, how you show up every day, and then how you respond when things don't go your way. Let's look at both of those. How you show up, how you respond. So you can control how you show up every day. You can either show up at your best or you can show up the victim of your circumstances. You can show up empowered to give your best or disempowered and reactive. So that's the one thing you can control is how you show up every day. And again, the miracle morning enables you to show up at your best every day. And then how you respond, right? When things don't go your way, when another human being says or does something that upsets you or that could upset you, right? Has the potential to upset you based on how you interpret it and how you respond to it. When things don't go your way, when you fail at something, when you encounter an unexpected challenge or loss or adversity, right? So let's say you're showing up at your best, but then something doesn't go according to plan, right? Something out of your control happens that's, you know, a tragedy or a trauma or something, how do you respond to that? Do you get frustrated and angry and lose control of your emotional state and become, you know, get into that victim mindset? Or do you accept life before it happens? Meaning, do you decide now that no matter what happens to me, I'm not going to allow my circumstances to dictate my mental and emotional well-being? I dictate my mental and emotional well-being. I choose my optimal mental and emotional state no matter what happens, really falls back to your values. Once you've identified your values, like for example, if you, and you've decided who you're going to be, like for me, I'm committed to being, and I'm not better than you. I'm not trying to like, look at, look at me, I'm cool. No, but like for me, just my example of this is like, I'm committed to being kind, to always coming from a place of love and empathy, right? And so what that means is, if someone is rude to me, I'm not going to be rude back. 
unless or for some reason it warrants that, right? If someone's rude and they're, you know, they're threatening me or something and I, I feel like I need to, you know, I need to match their energy or they may attack, right? Like, you know, I don't know that situation. I don't know if that's ever happened to me before. Um, but in general, I, I try not to reciprocate someone's energy just because. So if someone is negative or mean or angry or rude or hateful, right? That doesn't change who I am. I don't change my values based on their values. Think about that for a second. And this actually came up recently. The episode that I did, episode 458, How I Transformed My Marriage. And I talked about one of the components was realizing that I was in a reciprocal relationship. And most of us are in this type of relationship. It's how we show up to relationships, which is we reciprocate the energy of the other person. And that can be good if the other person's, you know, being kind and and, and loving and, and, you know, and whatever. But that can be bad if we are just mirroring other people's energy. And so that when they're in a bad mood, then we get in a bad mood. And when they're rude, then we're rude, right? That That's human nature, I guess. But it's not necessary. I feel like you can elevate your consciousness to a point where you're like, I treat people the way I'm going to treat people. And if they're having a bad day, if they're angry, if they're upset, if they're losing their temper, whether it's a stranger, you know, driving on the freeway, flipping you off, or when somebody flips me off, I just, I smile. I'm like, and I, you know, throw my hands up. Hey, sorry, sorry, you're having a tough day or whatever, right? I'm not going to reciprocate that energy because I'm choosing who I'm going to be regardless of them. So something to think about. Um, I think that was a little bit of a tangent. Back to how you're showing up every day, the criteria that you're measuring your best year ever. I want you to think about this for a second. If you've decided that, all right, my best year ever in 2023 is dependent on how well I show up every day, which I can control that. So check, I can control that. Great. And it's based on how I respond to what happens throughout the year and responding as positively and proactively as humanly possible check. I can control that. I can control. So you can control how you show up every day at your best and how you respond to your challenges. And here's what's interesting. I want you to think about this. Let's say you have a major challenge this year, right? And, you know, I mean, most of us, I think we have at least one major challenge each year. But let's say you have a major challenge or a, a major tragedy in your life this year that you can't control, right? It, it happened to you. It happened, you know, someone did something or, or something happened. Uh, maybe it was a cascade of events from your past that showed up in your present in a really negative way, catastrophic way. If you've decided how you're going to show up every day and you've decided how you're going to respond to your challenges by accepting what you can't change and being at peace with it and focusing on what you can change and, and, and being of service to others, right? Those are just examples of how you might respond to challenges in your life. Then think about this. The greater the challenge, the greater the opportunity for you to rise to the occasion and respond proactively. So you imagine that at the end of the year, you look back. And maybe you had a, a major tragedy. And while most people would, they would use that tragedy to evaluate their year. And they go, oh, it was a terrible year. I lost someone I loved, right? I lost someone I loved. It was, a terrible, it was the worst year of my life. You know, I lost my job. It was the worst year of my life. This happened, that happened, this happened, right? So someone else might respond that way. You could face the same tragedy, but you've decided I'm going to respond in the most positive, proactive way. And in doing that, that tragedy, rather than making it the worst year of your life, it actually, from the frame of how you're responding, how you're showing up in the midst of that tragedy, maybe you were, you showed up and you were there, you're, you know, everyone in your family was crushed, they were devastated, and you were the rock, you were the strength that they needed, you brought clarity and love and perspective to a difficult situation. Now, what, what someone else would have blamed as the reason they had the worst year of their life you could look at that same tragedy befall you and go, you know what? It was the hardest year of my life, but it was the best year of my life because I rose to the occasion. You know, I, sh I, I showed up for, for myself, for those I love, for those I lead, even in the midst of the most difficult time in my life. You know, I think about like my, my car accident or my car, my uh, cancer, right? Like those were really difficult times. 
but I never looked at them as quote unquote bad. I never labeled them as bad. For me, they were opportunities to show up at my best and to respond in a positive, proactive way, right? And so they were challenges, yes, but I forget which, I don't know if it's the Chinese word for, right? There's a word that represents both challenge and opportunity. I'm probably butchering this, but but essentially, right, there's a single word that's like two sides of the same coin that essentially says that within every challenge, right, there's the equal seed of an opportunity. I think that was Napoleon Hill as well that that articulated that and think and grow rich. But something for you to consider and everything for me, it, you know, it falls back like my miracle morning is my anchor. It is my rock. It is where when I have a realization like the one I just shared with you, right, at one point in my life. I had that realization. Everything I share with you on the podcast, obviously, is a realization that I have at some point, either because I, you know, learn it from somebody else. I might read it in a book or hear it on a podcast, right? Or it's something that I often just think of. And, you know, as I'm falling asleep at night and I have these epiphanies and I write them down. If you guys saw my self text messages and my notes, right? It's just, it's like, it's out of control. Um, so many ideas just constantly coming and 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 then I'm sharing them either in my next book or on the podcast or whatever. But anyway, the point is um, the miracle morning is where I take that and I review it and I integrate it into my affirmations so that I can continue to take a new way of looking at things, a new perspective, a new strategy. And the miracle morning is that framework that allows me to integrate every new idea that can help me into my life. And so I want to take a few minutes right now to go over the sabers. I want to talk about your sabers, right? If you're a Miracle Morning practitioner, you are likely very familiar with, you know, S-A-V-E-R-S, silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing, in case anyone's hearing that acronym for the first time, SAVERS. But I wanted to share with you some ideas on the SAVERS and how you can apply those to making this your best year ever. First and foremost is the, the first S in SAVERS, of course, is silence. I start every day with meditation and prayer. And for me, the first prayer that I say, and it's also what I say before bed, is a prayer of gratitude. Thank you, God. That, the, by the way, that, thank you, God, three words. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have to actually count those on my fingers. All right, so those words for me enter me into a state of peace and I guess, and gratitude, if you will, right? Gratitude's an interesting word because I believe that it, not only is it like a feeling like, oh, I'm feeling grateful, right? I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing a feeling of gratitude. To me, it's a, it's also gonna be a perspective, right? Like I see the world through a lens of gratitude. I'm grateful for every challenge, every opportunity, every moment. It's all serving my evolution. But to me, gratitude is also a state of consciousness, right? Which, which really kind of combines the first two, right? It's like, I'm, I feel grateful because gratitude is the lens that I view every moment of my life through, every experience through a lens of gratitude. So therefore I feel grateful, I experience this all-encompassing sense, state of gratitude in every moment. And for me, gratitude in some ways is higher than happiness in terms of the you know a good feeling. Like you know, if you think about it, if you really, you could feel happy when you get, you know, some some positive news. But to me, like happiness is kind of, you know, if you imagine that at the head level, right? Like I'm, I'm imagining right now, I got happiness, you know, my eyes saw something, my ears heard something that made me happy, right? And just imagine it like it's residing in your head space, right? So again, it went in the ears, through the eyes, and now you feel happy. Might also be through the nose, right? You might smell something that reminds you of, you know, your mom's home cooking and you're like, ah, and you feel like you just smile, you you feel happy, right? But it's all occurring in your mind, up up in your in your headspace, right? And then if you really contemplate what you have to be grateful for, all of a sudden, or maybe so maybe it's that thing that happened that you felt happy. You're thinking about it. Oh, I, I see it. I hear it. I smell it. I feel happy. But then imagine it 
it being digested, if you will. And I'm kind of giving you this kind of as an analogy, right? That it's starting in the head. You're then digesting it through your diaphragm, through your spine, and it's going down into the heart. And I imagine that in the heart is where gratitude resides. In fact, there's a lot of science around this. There's the Heart Math Institute. We had them speak at our uh, one of our best year ever events a few years back. And there's a lot of science that actually shows that our emotions are actually reside in the heart. They're produced there. That's where they we experience them in the heart. And they've, you know, they'll they'll study. I, I I've not qualified to explain this very well. It's been quite a few years since I since I read that book, uh, the, from the HeartMath Institute. But essentially, there's a lot more. You know, they talk about your heart as your second brain, if you will. So that's why I view gratitude is that it's in the heart, right? It's like a deeper sense of meaning, and it's related to happiness. It's related to joy. It's it's connected to just feeling positive emotions. But to me. As a state of consciousness, gratitude is arguably the most important. And there's also been a lot of science that's been done on gratitude itself, where they've studied people that are grateful, that will actually practice gratitude each day, usually in writing. And then they'll actually study how they, they have their cortisol levels are lowered. They score higher on their happiness baseline, right? Their general sense of happiness by focusing on not just what you're grateful for, because that's that intellectual gratitude that I sometimes talk about, right? The, you know, if I asked you what you're grateful for, you would just check the boxes like, ah, you know, got a roof over my head, got, you know, family who loves me, right? But, but then there's that heartfelt gratitude where you go, you go deep, you, you know, you start in the head, but then you actually put your hand on your heart or both of, I've got both on my heart right now and close your eyes and you imagine that thing, that person that event, that resource that you have to be grateful for, then maybe you kind of take it for granted and you don't really get present to how blessed you are to have a roof over your head and, and food in your pantry. And uh, I actually, what was it? I posted the other day. I'm going to look this up real quick for you um, because I think this really speaks to this. And it's actually really something to consider around making this your best year ever. So somebody else posted this. It says 10 signs you're doing well in life. So this is on my Instagram channel. Uh, number one, you have a roof over your head. If you're listening to this right now, I want you to put your hand on your heart for a second. And I want you to think about having a roof over your head. And imagine for me, it's helpful to imagine not having the thing that I often take for granted, such as a roof over my head. Imagine, you know, being homeless and Imagine, right, you know, sleeping outside and enduring the elements, the, the cold, the heat, et cetera, right? Imagine how you would give anything to have a roof over your head if you did not have a roof over your head. And for me, it often takes imagining not having something to realize how truly grateful I am for that, to be present to how grateful I am that I have that thing. So number one, 10 signs you're doing life well in life. Number one, you have a roof over your head. Number two, you ate today. How many hundreds of millions or over a billion people that don't get to, they don't know where their next meal is coming from. So 10 signs you're doing well in life. Number two, you ate today. Number three, you have a good heart. Number four, you wish good for others. Number five, you have clean water, right? How many of us are, are thinking about these as what's going to define our best year ever? Right. If I have a roof over my head and I eat every day and I have a good heart and I wish good for others and I have clean water. Number six, someone cares for you. Number seven, you strive to be better, which is the essence of people that listen to this podcast or any podcast, the essence of members of the Miracle Morning community. If you're a Miracle Morning practitioner, you are striving to be better. Whereas you think about that's the minority. I acknowledge you for that. I congratulate you for that for caring enough about yourself and other people that you're actually dedicating time to listen to this podcast, to do your miracle morning, to be better for yourself and, and for humanity. That's rare. That's a very small percentage of our society that does that. Number eight, you have clean clothes. Number nine, you have a dream. And the 10th sign that you're doing well in life is you're breathing. And then the last thing on this meme that I posted says, be thankful for the little things for they are the most important. That's an example of changing the way you look at things 
and how the things you look at change, right? Most of us everybody don't, don't really get present how grateful we are that we have roof over our head and we ate today and we drank clean water. And yet so many th- people, right, would do anything for the blessings that we take for granted. So anyway, slight tangent, but talking about silence and starting every day in a peaceful state. You know, the Miracle Morning app obviously is available now. And there, well, I should say there's, you can do a seven-day free trial of the premium version of the app, which has over a hundred guided savers tracks, right? So that's an example of how, and I find it ironic, by the way, that when you do a guided meditation, it's technically not silence because you're listening to somebody's voice, right? But um, I guess you're having, you're in silence, right? Your internal, you know, you're trying to quiet your mind by allowing someone else to direct your attention in a way that creates a, a fosters a sense of peace and calm within you. And so for me, silence is the first saver that I do each day. A lot of people say, I, I don't, I can't do silence because I fall asleep. So if you need to like get up, do like a hundred jumping jacks or 50 jumping jacks, or whatever, then sit down for your silence while your heart's racing. And now you can gently kind of calm yourself down, but you're not going to fall back asleep. So um, the first S in silence, again, whether you're doing a guided meditation, you know, whether it's on YouTube or in the Miracle Morning app or whatever, however you do a guided meditation or you're doing just a your own meditation practice, whether you're incorporating prayer, starting your day in a state of silence allows you to get really centered and calm and present and grateful for the day. And for me, that allows me to be in the the perfect state to go through the rest of the sabers. Now, the A in sabers, of course, is for affirmations. And if you haven't heard me share before, my steps for affirmations, number one, affirm what you're committed to. So I am committed to blank. That could be a goal for the year that I'm committed to doing everything in my power to achieve this goal. Or it could be an activity, like I'm committed to following my value aligned schedule today. And every day, or I'm, a, I'm committed to, you know, exercising five days a week. I'm committed to showing up at my best each day. I'm committed to being the spouse that my spouse deserves, so on and so forth, right? What are you committed to? That's the first thing that I encourage you to affirm every day. Number two, affirm why it's meaningful to you. Affirm why are you committed to that thing? What's in it for you? What are the benefits? Why are you going to commit to that? And that's the fuel, right? If all you do is commit to something and you're not clear each day as to why you're committed to it, then you have less leverage over yourself to follow through with the actions that will make that commitment a reality. And then step three is exactly that, the actions. Which actions will you take and when? So affirm step one, what you're committed to. Step two, why it's meaningful or why it's a must for you. And step three, affirm which actions you're going to take and when to ensure that you follow through with that commitment. Affirmations are my favorite of the savers because I personally find them to be the most effective form of personal development because I get to design them, right? They're very specific. They're precise. I get to use precise language and I get to edit them and update them as needed so that they articulate what I'm committed to accomplishing why it's a must for me, why it's meaningful, and what specific actions I'll take and when. And similar to your value-aligned schedule, those affirmations, essentially, all you have to do is live in alignment with your affirmations, and you're going to create an extraordinary life. You're going to live an extraordinary life, right? If you've identified, okay, these are the things I'm committed to because they're the most important aspects of my life that I want to improve or things that I want to accomplish. And so I know exactly what I'm committed to doing and when. Like, well, now the only way that you can fail to create an extraordinary life is to not follow through with the things that you're affirming, right? So I really feel if you really look at this ecosystem of, you know, identifying your values, clarifying your value-aligned goals, creating your value-aligned schedule, and then incorporating all of it, you know, into your affirmations, right? And you doing a miracle morning each day, you're really setting yourself up for success. And I will say this, a really important part, and this is almost almost a, a step zero, if you will, to transforming your life 
is you have to be willing to let go of who you've been for who you can become. I'll give you an example. I have been a solopreneur, if you will, for, uh, you know, what am I on? 2005 was my last year in sales. And uh, so that's 17 years that I've been a solopreneur. Uh, in 2014, I think, um, I brought on an executive assistant, Tiffany, who is now my chief operations officer. And it's been me and Tiffany basically, you know, running the Miracle Morning business. And then we bring on, you know, a team member here or there. But I've never seen myself as a CEO. So who I've been is an entrepreneur. In fact, one of my uh, close friends who's a very successful uh, business person. In fact, you may know him, David Osborne. I've had him on the podcast. And uh, he is also the co-author of Miracle Morning Millionaires. What the wealthy do before 8 a.m. that will make you rich. That's the subtitle of the book. Um, but David is very successful. And a few years back, I sat down with him for a day and I wanted, I just asked him for advice on my business. And I wanted an outside perspective from someone that had grown, you know, many multi million dollar businesses. And it, his assessment was this He said, Hal, I think it was the next day he, he reached deck out and he said, Hal, I thought about it. I figured it out. I said, What? He said, Right now, you are not a CEO. You are not a leader. You are not a business, per a leader in terms of like running a running a team, if you will. And he said, you're a performer. He said, I've realized that, that you find something that you believe in and you communicate. When I say performer, he said, I mean that you are a communicator. You share a message. He said, back when you were at Cutco, you performed a presentation to share your belief in the product of Cutco Kitchen Cutlery. And he said, you did it with passion and enthusiasm and authenticity and conviction. And so people bought Cutco from you. And he said, then you discovered this thing, you created this thing called the Miracle Morning, right? You, you performed it in the form of a book, right? Meaning you communicated it with your authenticity and your enthusiasm and your love and your belief and all of that, right? And then you put it in a book and you put it out there and that book then inspired people to change their morning and, and take action. And so he said, if you want to lead a team, you have to shift your identity to be a leader, to be a CEO. And I took his advice and I started that process. This was 2018, I think. It was after I had had cancer for, I was out of my, my main chemo. So I started, I started hiring people. I really, I hired before I became, <laughs> meaning I, I jumped the gun. I put the cart before the horse, right? I, I hired people and I didn't know how to lead them. And I ended up going through a tough time. Yeah, I'm not going to go into that. You if you listen to the podcast, you know the story, but I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. I stopped sleeping. I was sleeping like two to four hours a night. I got suicidal. I got deeply depressed, not like depressed, like I was kind of down, like I was, I lost my identity. Anyway, it was a mess. So I let go of all of my team. I said, I cannot manage you right now. I can't even, I can hardly function. And so I let go of my team. And so it was like my first attempt at building a, a team with a, you know, a, a full, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm dropping, I'm, th I'm missing the word, but like your structure, right? With my, I wanted a CEO and a COO and so on and so forth and uh, CFO and, you know, chief marketing officer, all like building that team. I failed, if you will, at my first attempt, right? And so going into this year, uh, I am recommitted to that. I feel like to really maximize the impact of the miracle morning and to reach a billion people, which is the, you know, that's to elevate the consciousness of humanity. I feel like, you know, a billion is, is a good target. And, you know, we've, I always say that when, you know, someone says, wow, you've sold three or four million copies of the Miracle Morning. I said, yes, but that means that there's still a billion people or eight billion, if you will, right? But let's start with a billion that don't know about the book or the practice that I am committed to dedicating the rest of my life to try to reach all of those people. But it's real hard to do when it's just you and your executive assistant, right? You know, you've got to have a team to really leverage other people's strengths and talents and really grow. And so I am now taking that on. And I was resistant for the last couple of years because I failed the first time. And so the reason I'm sharing this story as an example is that for you to really transform your life, it starts with transforming your view of yourself, 
transforming your view of yourself. I love affirmations for that because, right, I am committed to blank. I'm committed to seeing myself as a CEO, right, in my case. Whatever you want to become, if you want to leave your job and start a business and you need, you're wanting to become an entrepreneur, right, you've got to start by changing the way, transforming the way you see yourself, doing that in writing, reading it every day, evolving that view of yourself as you continue to learn and grow and evolve, so should your affirmations. And so by doing that, right, it's about letting go of the limiting beliefs that you have based on your past. And instead of seeing yourself based on your past, it's about choosing, consciously choosing to see yourself based on your potential, based not on who you were, but based on who you can become. And then who you're committed to becoming and then putting that in writing and reading it every day. And it's amazing. I did this process over Christmas break. I realized I still had some resistance to this. I'm like, man, I've never been a CEO. I don't know how to lead a team. I, you know, I like, you know, the team I've, I've kind of led a team, a really small one. And, but, but actually it's very uncohesive and inconsistent and we don't have regular meetings. And so I've been getting better at this throughout 2022. I've had weekly meetings with, you know, Josh on my team who is, um, is the, it leads up our app development team and a meeting with Tiffany and and meeting with the the team that leads the Miracle Morning monthly gatherings, right? So I've been leaning into this, getting better at it. But over Christmas break, when I was planning 2023, I realized I still don't believe in myself as a leader and a CEO. And so I went on and I, you know, what you focus on expands. So I went on Amazon and I, I did a little research on what's the best book on, you know, for, for a new CEO. Um, and I ended up landing on a book called CEO Tools 2.0. I uh, read that and then pulled a book off my shelf that I had actually bought back in 2018 when I was trying this for the first time. And that book is Traction by Gino Wickman. We actually had Gino on the podcast uh, a year or two ago. And uh, I started, I'm rereading that book right now. I've got my um, COO, Tiffany, reading that book as well. And that, by the way, that can really aid your transformation of your self-concept is to read a book right? I mean, re- really invest time and energy. It's amazing as I'm reading that book, CEO Tools, I'm like, oh, no wonder I don't see myself as a CEO. I haven't been learning how to be a CEO. <laughs> Duh. But it's amazing that when you learn something, your confidence in that area goes up, it improves. And you know, it's, it's skyrocketing now. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to start doing this differently and this differently. And I'm going to think of things in this way differently. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I'm looking at leading a team now with strategies and so on and so forth. So anyway, I hope I didn't go into too much detail there, but I wanted to share that with you as an example of whatever you want to accomplish in 2023, you have to let go of any self-imposed limitations, which start typically around your psychology, your self-concept, who you view yourself to be, any limitations, maybe because of past failures, like I failed in the past at doing what I'm attempting to do again now, that was really, you know, holding me back. But now I'm committed to becoming the best CEO possible for my team. That is my commitment. Why? Because my team deserves it. Because the Miracle Morning community deserves it. Because the billion people or billions of people that we have yet to reach deserve it, right? Those are just some of the reasons why I'm committed to this. And so what am I committed to doing to achieve that? Well, the first commitment I made was, right, the first action was I got to read some books to learn how to do this. I don't know how to do this. And sometimes that limits people where you're like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to write a book. I don't know how to lead a team. I don't know how to start a business, right? Good news. There's a book for that. There's a book for all of that. I don't know how to improve my marriage. I feel stuck. I feel, oh, there's a book for that, right? Anything you want to accomplish, there's a book for that. And that's a great starting place or an even shorter, quicker, cheaper starting places. There's a blog for that, right? There's a blog post on anything you want to achieve, become, overcome, transform. There's a blog post for that. There's a book for that. There's a course for that, right? You can scale, you know, level up, if you will. There's a coach for that, so on and so forth. So I just really wanted to highlight that because it's very important for you. 
that if you don't let go of the aspects of your mindset that you've allowed to hold you back up until this point, they will continue to hold you back. You have to let them go. You have to transcend them. And I wouldn't say you have to, but it's pretty close to have to put it in writing. Unless you have a memory like an elephant and once you put something in the memory, it stays top of mind and you don't forget it and you every day you can stay focused on it. Like, that's not me. If it's not in writing, I'm going to forget about it. I got too much information, you know, too much stimulation, too many distractions. I got to keep it in writing and utilize my miracle morning and my affirmations to stay focused, to keep that North Star in front of me so I'm clear as to what I'm committed to, why it's a must for me and which specific actions I will take and win. And that's why affirmations are my favorite part of the miracle morning. Diving into the V for visualization. The V for visualization, that seems to be one of the biggest challenges for a lot of people. It has been for me. And the essence of visualization is mental rehearsal. For me, actually, mental rehearsal is a more fitting term than visualization. But then if we had mental rehearsal instead of visualization, it'd be the samers, right? The, the samers, if we replace the V with the M. But here's what I mean by mental rehearsal. Athletes, athletes visualize themselves performing at their best before the game starts. So that when the game starts, they've already been there in their mind and they've rehearsed, they've mentally rehearsed the performance they need on the court or on the field. So that when it's game time, they go, their confidence is increased because they've already been there. They've already mentally rehearsed what they're going to do. And now they just have to do it in real time. That's how I like to view visualization. But obviously, if you're not a professional athlete, then you're going to mentally rehearse showing up at your best each and every day. So that might vary based on what you have going on for the day. Before I visualize, I usually look at my schedule or I look at my goals. Actually, I look at both. Look at my schedule because I read my affirmations. It's actually a really nice one-two punch because you read the affirmations, which are affirming the goals I'm committed to, the actions I'm committed to, right? Who I'm committed to being. And then I visualize that. In fact, I've actually, a lot of times I'll go affirmation by affirmation. I'll read my affirmation for my work and then I'll visualize myself doing the thing I'm committed to doing and put myself in a peak mental and emotional state while I'm visualizing, while I'm mentally rehearsing. So that when it's time to actually do the thing that I've committed to doing in my affirmations, I've already mentally rehearsed doing it while in a peak state. So when it's time to do it, I'm compelled to do it. The example I always give is when I was training for my ultra marathon, I'd visualize running because I hated running. So I'd mentally rehearse running at the time I committed to go for a run. And I'd put myself in a peak mental and emotional state by saying things like, I'm excited for this run. It's going to be great. Yes, it's difficult. I may not be a runner yet, but I'm committed to being a runner by going for a run today. And when the time goes off at 7 a.m., I'm going to run. And I'd picture myself, I'd visualize getting dressed in my running clothes, heading out the front door, smiling as I did out went out the front door feeling excited to go for a run. I'd rehearse that every morning so that when it was time to go for a run, I was flooded with those positive emotions. I got up, I got dressed, I did the things I rehearsed that morning. That's how you can use visualization. Mentally rehearse yourself showing up at your best to the things that you've decided ahead of time you need to do today. If it's Saturday and you're hanging out with your family, that morning visualize yourself engaged with your family with love and patience and empathy. Visualize yourself being playful, whatever it is for you that defines showing up at your best for your work, for your family, for yourself. Visualize that every morning so that you can perform at your best. The E is for exercise, of course. And you can exercise. For me, I do jumping jacks in the morning to get myself awake I usually listen, actually now I listen to one of the uh, exercise tracks in the Miracle Morning app. And then I, later I do my workout. So I do my workout at, as I mentioned earlier, 7.30 or 8 a.m. So during my Miracle Morning, I just do some stretching and some jumping jacks. Literally, I literally only exercise for a few minutes. Actually on Tuesday, Thursday, I do a seven minute workout during my Miracle Morning. But the rest of the days, the seven, the other five, or four days of the week, I just do literally a few minutes of jumping jacks and yoga, like stretching to just wake my body up, get my my blood and, and oxygen flowing to my brain and throughout my body so that I'm alert and I'm awake. 
The E exercise after that is, of course, the R for reading. And two rules I have around reading that you can apply this year. Number one is if your family, whatever your highest priority is, if it's family, if it's health, uh, if it's finances, whatever it is for you, I always start with a book on that topic. So for me, it's family. And I'm not perfect at this, but I try more often than not to always read at least five pages out of a book on either marriage or parenting before I read a book on business or productivity or something work-related. So right now I'm reading a book for my daughter called Untangled. That's the book, Untangled. It's like the seven steps of a, you know, a girl transitioning from childhood to adulthood or for to teen. I, I forgot the subtitle. But anyway, but that book I'm reading for my daughter. And then I'm reading a book called Choose Her Every Day uh, for my marriage. And I don't read them both every day. I usually alternate every other day. And then after I read, you know, a few pages and, and figure out something I can do to apply to my family life, because that's my highest priority. And I want to remind myself each day through my reading. Then I read a book like right now. It's a book. I have an entire hour in the morning dedicated to reading a book on becoming a CEO. And now it's the book Traction by Gina Wickman. The last book before this was CEO Tools 2.0. So again, my one of my values my highest value is family or one of my highest values is family. So I start with a book on family. Another of my highest values is the Miracle Morning Movement and the impact it's making. And so these books are helping me to build a team to help you and the rest of the community in a bigger way with more support and more resources. So that's some tips on reading. And then the last S is scribing. I'm going to give you three keys to scribing right now, three steps. And this is, you know, the Miracle Morning app, uh, the free version of the app has a journal feature in it. And you can either write your own journal entry from a blank, you know, piece of, well, it's not a piece of paper, but blank page in the app, um, or there is a prompted journal feature. So you can actually journal with three different prompts. And um, first thing I ask myself is usually, what do I need to let go of? Like, what, is there anything right now? Am I holding on to an argument I had yesterday or anything that's causing me stress or fear, or anxiety that I need to let go of, that I want to let go of? And I will write that down. And it's amazing that when you get it out of your head and onto paper or written in the app, whatever, it's just the sense of letting it go. That's number one. Number two, I write down, what am I grateful for? What am I deeply grateful for? And then I will always spend some time with my hand on my heart, feeling that heartfelt gratitude for the things I write down. And then number three, what are my top one to three priorities for today? I got a to-do list a mile long. What are the top one to three things I'm committed to getting? Because remember, telling yourself I have so much to do and not enough time to do it, that's a lie. You have one thing you can do at a time. So what are the top one to three things you're committed to getting done today that if you do, you'll feel a sense of accomplishment? You'll make progress in the area of your life or your work that matters most to you. So those are a few tips on the Sabres. Some of those I'm sure were repeat tips you've heard before, but oh gosh, I love this quote I heard recently from John Vroman, which is, it's not about learning something new. It's often about remembering something true. I love that because you more often than not, you know what you need to do to be successful and yes, we learn new things. Some of what you learned today, I'm sure was new. Or if you listen to the podcast episode that I reviewed early today about the four steps to make uh, this your best year ever, the four unique steps, right? Which was identifying your values and creating value-aligned goals and a value-aligned schedule and then reflecting each day on how you did and living in line with your values, right? That might be new information for you. Or it might be a reminder from the podcast that you listened to before. But either way, remembering something true. And so to wrap up today's episode, make sure you start with the foundation of your values. Start by following those four steps, right? If you haven't been taking notes on this episode, if you're in the car driving, pause it, get, you know, come back to it. But again, step one, identify your values in writing. And, and when I say values, I'm talking about what matters most to you. What are the categories that you want to set goals in? Your health, your finances, your productivity, your fun, your career, your business, your work, your relationships, your personal development, right? Those are, that's a, you know, a eight, nine, 10 categories to choose from in terms of what you value. Step two, set those value aligned goals. Step three, create the value aligned schedule that incorporates time each day 
to work on your goals in the areas that matter most to you and step four, reflect each day. And then last but not least, utilize your miracle morning. Again, you might already do the miracle morning, but I hope that today was a refresher. It was a reminder. It got you re-energized, re-motivated. It reminded you that the miracle morning isn't just the thing to do for in and of itself just to do it. It's a means to an end or it's both, right? It's both doing it. You feel great. You feel at peace. You feel motivated. You feel joyful, excited, et cetera. So yes, the practice itself holds its own inherent benefit, but it takes on a whole new level of value of impact when you realize, oh, I'm utilizing the miracle morning to become the person that I need to be each and every day so that I can show up at my best and respond optimally to the challenges that come my way so that I can make this the best year of my life. Because if you do the two things you have control over, show up at your best every day and respond proactively to any challenges that come your way, and you can use those two criteria as the measure that you have complete control over, over whether this is the best year of your life. And I don't know about you, but I'm committed to doing everything in my power to make 2023 the best year of my life. I'd imagine you're committed to the same. And if not, I hope you will after this episode, get excited, get committed to that. And I'm gonna keep supporting you on the podcast as much as I can along the way. So goal achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, oh, today was a long one. Thanks for hanging around till the end if you did. I love you, I appreciate you, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.